this is People Every Day. Coming up, Asian-American actress and comedian Sherry Cola on life, work, and courage in the midst of hate crimes on the rise. Hopefully Hollywood does wake up a little bit. Plus, controversy amid NCAA's March Madness games and model Michaela Holmgren making strides for women with Down syndrome. It's March 22nd. everyone. This is People Every Day, presented by Macy's. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein, and it is the best day of the week. It's Monday. You see me putting that positive energy out there for you. Uh, later in the show, we catch up with actress and comedian Sherry Cola, who talks to us about her experience as an Asian American woman in Hollywood, but also how she is dealing with the horrible, horrible news and tragedy that has shaken the nation, what happened in Atlanta, those shootings. So she she digs into that and, and her personal experience. You want to stick around for that. But first and foremost, let's get into top stories. And today, to take us through it all, is Deputy Editor Wendy Noggle. Hi, Wendy. Hi there. How are you doing? Good, and you? Good. How's your bracket doing? Oh, my bracket was busted (laughs) on game one. I mean, this is the season of upsets. It's unbelievable. (laughs) We are talking March Madness, you guys. Uh, Something that has been on nonstop in my house. But uh, there's some controversy coming out of the NCAA. And let's just dig into it. This year's NCAA Women's College Basketball Tournament um, is under a microscope because of some disparities that took place in the gym, in the locker room. there was a post that went viral showing the difference between the workout room for the men's basketball teams and the very paltry amenities, <laughs> to say the least, in the workout room for the women's teams. So, uh, so can you walk us through, you know, when this all started and and how this even came to be known? Yeah, so this all started uh, last week, and really, Ali Kirshner, who is a coach at Stanford, had posted um, on social media about how the women have no access to dumbbells above thirty pounds until the Sweet Sixteen. Sedona Prince, an Oregon player, also posted on TikTok a video just showing how paltry the equipment is for women. This is our weight room. Let me show you all the men's weight room. The NCAA came out and said, actually, you know, this is about a space issue. They blamed some coronavirus constraints. But uh, Wendy, like if, for people who haven't seen this picture, it is like you, you're nine times out of 10, your home gym. <laughs> Even if you're in an apartment has more. <laughs> yes, my equipment. home gym in my basement beats what we saw in this picture. And crazy. it really just kind of underscores what people have been saying for quite a while now of the inequality between the women's tournament and the men's tournament. Yeah. We also saw people posting pictures about the swag bags, the meals that the men versus the women were being fed, although there were reports that the food isn't good no matter where you are. <laughs> and uh, another big thing was the coronavirus testing, that men were getting the gold standard PCR tests and the women were getting rapid testing, which is not the same gold standard according to the CDC. Yeah, and this has come up time and time again. And you would think, you know, we're here in 2021 that that wouldn't 
wouldn't be allowed, at least something that's just the optics of that that gym. Um, so, so talk to me about how the NCAA responded. Well, the NCAA did respond. They apologized. They have sent more equipment to the women. Um, Sedona, she posted and was very grateful and thanked the NCAA for, for listening to her. Um, some other companies like Dix and Orange Theory have also offered to provide equipment. So I think the women will be set now for this immediate need. But I think we have to look at, you know, how else will these disparities play out? I mean, the South Carolina women's coach, Don Staley, really posted a very public uh, note saying that the NCAA is not treating women and men fairly. I mean, even if you look at the Twitter handle for March Madness, it says the official March Madness destination for all things Division One NCAA men's basketball. It doesn't even include women when women need that support and they need that visibility. For sure, for sure. And so this, of course, caught the attention of, of a lot of folks, including Vanessa Bryant and, and Steph Curry, of all people, who reposted it to their social media. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, like a lot of commenters, uh, you know, have sided with the NCAA and, and, and saying, you know, things that we've heard before, like, you know, well, if the women's team made more money. Uh, so, so what's your take on that? Because it is a trope that gets thrown out there every time this comes up. Yeah, this comes up a lot. I mean, yes, the the women's does not make as much as the men's tournament, but the women's tournament is making $42 million for the NCAA. I think they can afford a few dumbbells. Yeah. And the other thing we're seeing is a really precipitous drop in women's uh, head coaching roles. You know, it's dropped from 90% to 41%. It's really important that we have women in these roles and that we have female coaches and there's there's lots of ways to not only support coaches and and make sure that they're looking at that talent to to head up these teams, but also the argument that the women's team just isn't making as much money. They're not getting the same support, the same visibility. You know, if the main Twitter handle isn't exactly. even tweeting, like that drives attention to these games. We've also seen how much this has grown, you know, whether it's the support of Vanessa Bryant and other young up and coming athletes. And it's amazing that the interest in the sport is there, um, but it has been hard to find sometimes. So controversy abounds. Let's be equal about this. On the men's side of things, there is, you know, a lot of talk about all this work that they're doing, all the 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 games and, and how big and how popular they are, but they're not making, you know, any money on their likeness. They're across billboards and clothing and all of that. So how is that coming up right now during March Madness? So this is really gaining a lot of steam under the hashtag not NCAA property. And it's really led by Michigan forward Isaiah Livers, Rutgers guard Geo Baker, and the Iowa guard Jordan Bohannon. And Isaiah, who is sidelined with a foot injury, wore a t-shirt on the sidelines at the last Michigan game that said not NCAA property on his shirt, which is a pretty bold move. Really, this is something that goes back a long way, though. And there, you know, you might remember a couple years ago, LeBron and the Oscar winning film producer Charmaine Obeid Shinoy put out this incredible film called Student Athlete. And what we see happening is how some of these athletes are struggling to perhaps even make 
ends meet while coaches are paid millions, the schools make millions, the NCAA, the TV rights alone of the men's tournament rake in $850 million. And these athletes cannot even wear a t-shirt with their own name and likeness and, and make any money on that. And, and sometimes they're penalized too, like exactly. you know, for, for doing anything. If, you know, if they're struggling and, and, you know, somebody says, Oh, you know, here's, here's a hundred dollars. If you, if you can't get lunch, it's, you know, they're out, they're out the game. They're, they're, they're sidelined. You know, Geo summed it up pretty clearly that if you think of somebody who's on an academic scholarship, they could go and give tutoring and be paid for that. Or if someone's on a music scholarship, they could put out an album and be paid for that. But a, but a student athlete cannot be paid for any of that work. So it's really an important issue that I think is going to continue to bubble up. Oh, I can totally see that getting bigger. And, and you raised just such good points. This is something that NCAA is going to have to grapple with in the near future, I think. Uh, so thanks for that, Wendy. Uh, but back to your uh, bracket. So who, who, who do you have to win it all? <laughs> oh my gosh, at this point, Gonzaga is probably my last great hope. I'm totally rooting for Oral <laughs> Roberts. I love those, you know, Cinderella stories of the upsets. So we'll see what happens next as the games continue. Cool, cool. Well, I'm, I'm just rooting for that one shining moment, those highlights from the entire tournament, because I love it. That uh, brings Wendy, tears to you. your eyes, even if you're the right? most hardened fan. Yeah, it makes you cry. Wendy, thank you so much. Thank you. Guys, talk about Women's History Month. I have an inspiring young woman here with me now, and she exemplifies history in the making. That's Michaela Holmgren. She had already been a trailblazer, you know, when she became the first woman with Down syndrome to compete in the Miss USA pageant in 2017. But now the beautiful 26-year-old model is back, breaking down barriers as she is poised to become the first woman with Down syndrome to be featured in Sports Illustrated's iconic swimsuit issue. She auditioned recently, and I'm feeling like... Her prospects are pretty good. Hi, Michaela. How are you doing? Good. <laughs> it's so good to speak with you. You're pretty incredible. Uh, so take me back, though. When did you start modeling and doing pageants? Um, I just started 2015. I did Miss Amazing Pageant. It's, it's really fun, and I was enjoying it. Nice. 2015. Okay. Uh, were, were you nervous uh, when, you know, fast forward to now, when you sent your audition for Sports Illustrated? That's a big deal. <laughs> I was not nervous, and I, I just want to do it, and I just, like, I am strong and a lot of diversity in it. Diversity is help be more inclusion. I love that. I love that. And you see, you're like, no, I'm, I would be terrified to audition for Sports Illustrated. And you're like, nope, I got this. I love it. Uh, so, so who are some of your influences? Who, who helped you build that confidence? Um, Miss USA pageant I was in. Um, Olivia Comfort is, um, a part of Miss USA, all pageant girl, and she's a big supporter of Best Buddies. Nice, nice. And and tell for those who don't know, tell me just a little bit about Best Buddies. What is that? Um, Best Buddies is a nonprofit. It's good for for the for people who are doing more leadership, being more in friendship. Google that up. And it is find bestbuddies.org. I like it. Google it. Bestbuddies.org. It sounds awesome. Uh, so you've become a role model for millions of people. Um, what does that feel like? You're 26 and there's so many people saying, oh, Michaela, I am looking up to you. 
it is so inspiring and I would like people to know that with Down syndrome in it, it makes my heart like so, so in touching and a big supporter. Keep doing it, keep rocking on it, just do it. So, so when do you, when do you find out? When do you know if, if you made the issue and, and, and how are you going to celebrate? Uh, I'm going to celebrate a lot of people and just have a um, party. Just having a party. Well, she's, she's like, I'm just going to celebrate. I'm just going to celebrate and have a party. I'm not even worried about when I find out this is happening. I'm having a party. <laughs> I love that. And then uh, l- let me know what message do you want to share with other people with Down syndrome? And then what message would you want to share with the world? I'm going to just tell like right now is it's the Down syndrome. It's just okay. Be, be scary. But just to tell others you can do this and you just tell them and all. So you are in some ups and downs once in a while, but bring so much joy from inside out. You can learn the new parts in your life, your future, your journey, and just tell your story in the background. You can do that. I love that. I love that. And that's a message for, for, for everyone. I love that, Michaela. Thank you so much for joining me. I love your spirit. You're gorgeous. Thank you. Next up, comedian and actress Sherry Cola shares her journey as an Asian American woman in Hollywood. Stay tuned. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's been nearly a week since the horrific mass shooting that was carried out at multiple spas in the Atlanta area and that claimed the lives of eight people, six of whom were Asian women, women with families, hopes, and stories of their own. The tragedy has brought the recent rise in hate crimes against Asian Americans to the forefront, and we saw huge marches take place just this past weekend where everyone from victims to supporters to celebrities spoke out against the racism taking place. I am proud to be Asian! That's actress Sandra Oh, passionately speaking out in Pittsburgh over the weekend. Here with me now is Sherry Cola, who stars on Freeform Network's show Good Trouble and is a working comedian and has herself been outspoken about the terrible attacks facing Asian Americans. Thank you so much for speaking with me, Sherry. First things first, just how are you doing? How are you feeling right now? I think, uh, you know, myself and the entire community were still kind of processing, you know, and learning how to express because it's heartbreaking. You know, it definitely hits home for me because, you know, my mom works in a local Asian business just like these, yeah. you know, and to think that she's unsafe, you know, this entire year with the with the COVID racism already, you know, it, it, I always was thinking about, okay, well, is someone going to just bust into my mom's restaurant and like vandalize it or hurt her? You know, like these thoughts are just uneasy. You know, I, I think it's important for all of us to just 
speak out about it. Of course, stereotypically, historically, you know, society has seen Asian people as ones to not rock the boat, you know, ones to sweep things under the rug, which makes it easy for us to be bullied, right? So I think the Asian community is finally at this place, especially with these events. We're so unapologetic. You know, we've never been stronger as a community. We have to raise awareness and spread the word that this is not okay. Yeah, I, I got a chance to talk to a couple of activists, and 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 they touched on what you, you, the same thing you said that you know this kind of uh, this uptick, I guess, dates back to 2016. That of course there has always been issues, um, but 2016 things came to a head for a lot of, of people of color. Now you have the coronavirus and you have, you know, all of that propaganda that is surrounding that. So uh, how did you how did you wade through all of that? You know, March of last year, April of last year, a lot of those headlines were just ridiculous and hurtful. Yeah. How do you and, and, and your and your friends manage? Oh, I, I'm honestly without words because it's so frustrating. Asian people are seen as fragile, you know, we're seen as like vulnerable and like just easy to, you know, beat up, like just historically, you know, just in, in, even in Hollywood representation. Right. And I think that that goes hand in hand as an actress, the representation on screen did not help how society views us, you know, and and just being the, the, the tiny character that just makes us more and more invisible. So it goes hand in hand, the way we're represented on the screen and the way we're represented in the country. You know what I mean? So there's so much work to be done. And I think, you know, it's just very important to be aware and, and, and see every single community's experience because we're all in this together. It's like love versus hate, you know? And yeah, especially being on a show like good trouble, you know, we really practice what we preach. Like I, I have to, you know, talk to talk and walk the walk. It, it's very important for me to just show up in every way. And, you know, it's been really cool to see all the allies, um, you know, show up for the Asian community this week. Um, it's a beautiful thing. And listen, it just, it's very painful because this isn't new. I could go on for days. You already know the vibe. I could go <laughs> no, on for no. days. Good, good. <laughs> because, I mean, there's so much that just needs to be said on a bigger platform. Um, so, so I'm just wondering, how, how are you, as a comedian as well, like, how, how are you um, protecting your joy, protecting your energy? I mean, there, this, a lot of this is just, there, there's nothing funny about it at all. Right. It's interesting because I've just been struggling with this these last couple of days because I'm doing a stand-up show tomorrow. And... You know, I have some jokes. I had some jokes prepared already. You know, things I've, I've done in, in the quarantine about, you know, racism against Asians and COVID and stuff like that. And now I'm like, okay, should I even do those? I feel like it's not specific enough. There's, there's the, I'm torn because, you know, if I have any platform, especially if I'm the only Asian person on the lineup, I should talk about it, right? You know, but then it's like with comedy, it would need to be the perfect joke, you know, because then at what point am I making fun of it, right? So it's such this like dance. And that's what I've been kind of struggling with. Also, I'm there to do a job, right? I'm there to make make people laugh. Well, is this topic going to bring the energy down? These are thoughts that are real. And I'm like, you know, I can't help but have to talk about it. The conclusion is I have to talk about it. You know what I mean? It's so hard. I always I always tell myself, like, comedians have the 
hardest job in the world. Like, <laughs> out like, of every listen, performer, out of everything, like, it is performers, maybe, difficult. Maybe, yeah, performers, but it's just difficult. And then you look at even, I mean, Dave Chappelle and, and just yes. with the heaviness of last oh year and goodness. how that colored his work, you know, so I can only imagine in moments like this of trying to find that perfect, that perfect yeah. note. Right, that set that Dave Chappelle posted about George Floyd, mm. I mean, I mean, goosebumps and just so inspiring, you know, the way you can use comedy to talk about powerful things. And, you know, you're 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 using humor to educate. You're you're changing the audience's perspective. You know, you're kind of and that really is the power of comedy. You know, it's not all just rubber chickens. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it really is this art that can go a long way. And I and I just feel happy about the fact that that's one of the hats I wear. Um, and I just want to keep, yeah, I, you, we just have to talk about, talk about it all. For sure. For sure. So, so you have a show coming up. What are some of the other, uh, good trouble is, is, is getting into some good trouble on TV right now. <laughs> so, no, so- honestly, good trouble is that show has been that show. You know what I mean? The things that we talk about on our show just has been reflecting reality. You know, these difficult conversations that we've been having, but it's not yeah. in a way where it feels like unnatural like it's more about the people going through these things raw messy 20 somethings you know it, it's it, for anyone, oh the 20 something yeah it's like <laughs> when you watch the trouble no one is left out you know everyone feels seen and like um i'm just so proud to be on a show like that but i do have some things coming up yeah i'm i'm gonna be in this animated uh feature for paramount called tiger's apprentice and it's starring sandra O, oh, henry golding michelle yo like just oh wow bowen yang like the asian avengers you know what i mean i don't know what's going on <laughs> dream team um and uh it's based on a trilogy of books by lawrence yep and it does have a you know an asian storyline and it's really mystical and i'm just I can't wait. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> and, and and so, I mean, it, it, it feels like it, I'm like looking forward to that project. But do you do you feel the tides turning in Hollywood? You know, I think we're making a bit of pros- progress for sure. Um, there's still so much work to be done, you know, because at the end of the day, there's still just only uh, one Asian film slash TV show here and there. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now yeah. to, to be part of that, you know, impact and that shift is really cool and i hope to see more and more representation especially with incidents incidents like this you know and like people like me speaking out and how you know representation on the screen goes hand in hand with representation in this country um hopefully hollywood does wake up a little bit in that regard you know like and, and just stops seeing us as you know just a, a trend or or just foreign you know i mean let's be real minari in the foreign category already says so much it is an american film you know and yeah it's just like uh, what do we have to do to be taken seriously as people who are layered you know we are not a monolith you know we are sexy funny i think we're all doing what we can to, to be a part of the change you definitely are i'm so excited for everything you have coming up and and i can't wait to hear uh you know the punchline to whatever you're gonna do <laughs> on your show because i know it's gonna be Ooh. i know you're writing it in your head right now yeah uh, it yeah. was so great to talk to you sherry Likewise. thank you so much oh my good thank you so much thank you thank you thank you 
That was Sherry Cola from Freeform's Good Trouble. For more on her and the show, head over to people.com. And to kick off our week, something to make you smile. A Florida teen is being hailed a shero after a miraculous life-saving rescue. Last month, on February 20th, 16-year-old Toriel Norwood was behind the wheel traveling with two of her friends when a car veered into hers and caused her to crash into a tree. As they tried to get out of the car, Toriel noticed her best friend, Azaria Simmons, was still trapped in the back seat. Toriel managed to pull her to safety, but afterwards she noticed Azaria wasn't breathing and had no pulse. Her life-saving instincts kicked into gear, and Toriel began performing CPR, using a total of 30 chest compressions. And get this, Toriel had just gotten certified in the emergency procedure one day earlier at her high school. Azaria is alive and well and singing her friend's praises. Just listen to what she told Inside Edition. It's deeper than a friendship. It's been deeper than that before this accident and all this happened. So beautiful. It it kind of takes the saying, that's what friends are for, to a whole new level, right? (laughs) Have a great one. Talk to you tomorrow.